Hello and howdy. This is the Hair and the Whole Vibe, a Trent Grimm podcast. I'm Valt. And I'm Lou. And this is your reminder that this is not a spoiler-free podcast. We will talk about everything that has happened on Ted Lasso and anything that could happen. Oh, mm. and so mm. much has happened. <laughs> oh, finally. The reason we even made this podcast. <laughs> it is it is it has happened. I mean, what hasn't happened in that second episode? Um, it is an absolute blessing and a gift. It exceeded our expectations. In so many ways, like uh, trend-wise and with everything else as well, but especially uh, especially with Trent. He's, he's just there. He's just there now. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, I, I had my doubts, but <laughs> he's back. And I think um, he had more screen time in a single episode than he had in the entirety of season two. <laughs> <laughs> I think so too. He was just like in, in almost every scene. He was at least in the background. And the thing is, we probably should get used to that now. That's so wild to me. I That this is a reality now that he's there and writing his book. We talked about that so much, yeah. but it didn't feel real until no. the episode dropped. Literally, until this episode, it was just what we hoped to see. And we got everything we hoped to see. We almost completed our bingo. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Yeah, there's of course still many tiles on the bingo left, but the fact that we got to cross off so many of them for one single episode. It's honestly, I didn't expect it. I thought, you know, okay, he will be in the next episode. We knew that, but it was like, okay, well, they'll just introduce the general concept of the character being back, but they went full and they started mm -hmm. a whole arc. Like they went all out. Okay, maybe maybe we should go through the episode quickly and see what happens there. I mean, immediately, <laughs> right off the bat. We were I I don't remember if I said it if I brought it up or you, but the scene in the office is his first appearance this season. Mm -hmm. And Ted did come in and was very happy to see him again. And it was kind of a job interview. I think we we talked about kind of, yeah. having job interview vibes. <laughs> but it's like an insane version of a job interview because it hadn't occurred to us while we considered oh he'll write a book how this process would you know start the mm -hmm. fact that he had to go hey i want to write a book and then had to contact rebecca and be like hey i want to write a book about your club and mm -hmm. like it's kind of a little bit insane to be mm -hmm. quite honest what he's doing because we were so caught up in this like oh he'll write a book he'll write a book that the fact that he had to approach Rebecca with this idea is absolutely wild and completely out there and makes absolutely no sense for a real person. Yeah, I mean, what I imagine is that he kind of like sneaked his way into it, going like, uh, um, hey, Miss Welton, um, I would like to have an appointment, <laughs> you know, not saying exactly really like... what it's about, because he like if, if he had told her outright that he wants to write a book, she probably would have said, no, I don't have time. I'm too busy. You can't come in. <laughs> exactly. Like, what did that look like? How did he even end up in this office for this sort of job interview for the job that he just invented to have? Like, what is what happened what mm -hmm. is it and also like keely and higgins are there which means she rebecca must have known kind of what this is going to be mm -hmm. about you know pr related because a book would be pr related and mm -hmm. it, it's already hilarious that none of them want this to happen 
this is already I mean, it says a lot yeah that they it's... are very against the idea but they want to be polite for ted's sake mm-hmm. um it's i mean the fact that ted is just completely behind trent here <laughs> is very delicious yeah but i think like it's also of course understandable from their viewpoint that no, they don't obviously. want him there because they know he's a good like a journalist a good reporter yeah. and that it will be so easy for him to dig up all the dirt on everyone, especially on the shit Rebecca did in the past. And I think they're scared um, of that. Absolutely. And um, it totally makes sense because in a sort of different universe where Trent never like changed, mm-hmm. that would have 100% happened. He would have used this opportunity to absolutely destroy every single one of oh, them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I just love how completely unconditional Ted's support is there. He's just, he know he trusts in the new mm-hmm. trend. But also, I like that he, he takes his time to say yes. Like, he's really... He's pretending. Come on. He was, <laughs> he, that was a joke. He was either pretending, pretending he knew or, it. or he wants to at least consider um, the standpoint of, like, Kiwi, Higgins, and Rebecca. Because, think... like, they are so, like, against I, it. I think he saw their very exaggerated no and was like... Ooh, this is fun. I like Trent. <laughs> I trust Trent. I believe Trent would never hurt us, but y'all don't believe. Hmm. Y'all don't believe, <laughs> huh? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make you. <laughs> I love that. That was such yeah. a sweet moment. And my, I, I think the funniest thing about it is that they had to frame it so that Trent fully turns around to look at Ted, which is mm-hmm. one. I, I think they wouldn't even have told have to have, tell Jay. Uh, James Lance to do that he would have just done that anyway and just Mm -hmm. he stares at Ted with these huge puppy eyes like it's so adorable and I mean Trent 100% could see them say no in like his peripheral vision let's be real Mm -hmm. he knows that they don't want him there he knows this yeah I mean it's either that he he sees them and he knows that they're against him being there which he's clever he probably does know that there's reason for him not to be there and that they might not want you there or is it it's just that he's completely transfixed by ted and just can't stop looking at him and so he doesn't even register whatever's going on behind him i i like either versions <laughs> this is truly james playing his absolute strength with which is hard eyes yeah baby girl hard eyes mm-hmm. and then like the the scene has so much because it's not just the interaction between Trent and Ted, which gives us one of our bingo points, t- uh, Ted and Trent. Yes, touching. hell yeah. Because, like, handshakes uh, they, count. That's yeah, absolutely. Handshakes do count. Some, somebody asked us, um, I think on Tumblr, um, if, if, we, if we would count that. But I think also the fact that everything is as it is in this episode right now, there's going to be a lot more touching. <laughs> oh, I sure hope so um yeah but then also we get this very cool interaction between Trent and Rebecca when Mm. um we have uh Rebecca basically admitting that she just wants Sava because of Rupert because she doesn't want Rupert to have him and ah Trent's amazing line with uh love that and I love that it immediately confirmed the fear that they had that Trent would see through everything Mm -hmm. but I like that they framed it as like a positive thing mm-hmm. in that situation that Rebecca actually enjoyed being honest mm-hmm. and I, I just like the, the sort of dynamic that that has set up yeah I do hope we get lots of Rebecca and Trent scenes but because I love their energies together hmm. I think they should be besties <laughs> oh god yeah 
<clears throat> I mean, Rebecca has a lot of reason not to trust Trent, but um, maybe he'll prove himself enough for them to bond over how how bad Rupert is and how much they both hate him. <laughs> I mean, that is also that already what was something I wrote down already starts in the scene, which is that Trent is very quiet in this episode. Mm -hmm. He has very few lines for a char character who's like present this much mm -hmm. and like involved in conversations he very often chooses to react just with his face and not at all with words even though it would have been a hundred percent appropriate to say like oh yeah or, or literally just any mm -hmm. vocal acknowledgement so yeah. I, I wonder if that was an acting choice or like specifically written like that because they mm -hmm. wanted to emphasize that Trent is currently an observer and mm -hmm. trying not to participate in situations mm -hmm. which is you know what you would expect from someone writing a book that he just yeah. observes and doesn't get involved mm -hmm. but it was very like it was very strange that he was not even saying yes or no or anything mm -hmm. yeah to me it's absolutely like framed like that to show us that he is an observer he doesn't see himself as part of this group of people he's yeah. basically from like looking in from the outside and therefore just always in the back <laughs> just listening watching and of course like figuring out everything immediately that he picks up um there's two moments at least where we see him like connecting dots like Rebecca's one example yeah and uh yeah it's just he's there to observe but he doesn't see himself yet as part of the Richmond family this is also where I, I'm obsessed with Trent Crimm's little emotional support lanyards that he always has. Oh, like, yeah. No matter where he goes. Like, I, I think it started out as like a little joke because the press always has like these press um, passes on a lanyard around their neck. And then they took him to the um, school where he also got a visitor lanyard around his neck. And again, they're putting a lanyard around his neck for the being a visitor in uh, at the club. And I think that that is going to be, you know, at one point the lanyard will be gone because mm -hmm. he will no longer just be a visitor and observer, but part of it. Yeah. Oh, I would love to see that change. I can't wait. And then, I mean, we move on with uh, Trent just like being approved now as uh, writing this book about the club um, and about this season. And he's suddenly there in every single interaction. But then the whole wonderful dynamic between Trent and Roy comes into play. And I love that. I love that we get this kind of like throwback to season one, yeah. episode three, where Roy um, tells Trent that he's always been a prick or that he has always hated him. Yeah. And I did like, I always enjoyed that little interaction and we, like never learned what that came from but now we know that has yeah. a much deeper history because in this one scene it could arguably just have been like oh you know he's a footballer Trent writes about football he probably you know says some mean things sometimes and Roy hates him for that but I love like I love that the show once again proves that every single line is important and even that one seemingly throwaway obvious line from Roy mm -hmm. is like rooted very deeply in something in his backstory mm -hmm. and that was just such an amazing touch and 
again like this is so much for one episode like the fact that not only was this introduced as a thing that roy hates trent so much but also that it was resolved in the very same episode that was intense yeah yeah i mean it fits into the story in such a nice way because we already know that roy's currently struggling with his breakup with kiwi and i loved how that like how his storyline connected to trent's um and how they kind of collide there in this moment in time and it sort of has to explode for a moment because well Trent is insecure about his position in the club and Roy is full of anger which (laughs) is like his strongest and most like most present emotion but it's actually covering up his insecurities and um, his vulnerability so that came together so beautifully and that also kind of showed me that Trent is now like a kind of main character in the way that his storyline can't be taken out of the main plot without Mm. like the main plot losing all its meaning. Yeah. And I mean, while we're already talking about Roy and Trent, just the parallels here are out of this world amazing that Roy Mm. used to be, you know, a young footballer who was, you know, struggling with insecurities after reading Trent's article about how much he sucked kind mm-hmm. of and Trent also being like a young reporter probably only just starting out um mm-hmm. he, I don't think he's much older than Roy yeah and he's trying to prove himself as well by just being mean and I love that we actually do get these confirmations of the backstory that James Lance has made mm-hmm. up because until now we weren't sure if that's just things that he will imply through acting but it mm-hmm. will never be explicitly addressed because it's not technically canon but yeah. this is like a very explicit statement that they made about how Trent used to be very insecure and have this like shield of meanness to fit in mm-hmm. and to protect himself. And also, like, I think we said in one of the past episodes that we want James Lance to get everything he wishes everything. for. And his whole hat canon that his dad wanted him to be someone like Roy Kent. Yeah. And now ah. we get this direct reference to that by... Trent admitting that he was insecure because he wasn't like that. Yeah. And uh, that just becoming canon completely, that made me so happy. <laughs> so good. For myself I, and for James Lance. <laughs> yeah. I'm a, I mean, I'm really, and you know, this was just his first episode. That means there's, mm-hmm. po- it's possible we explore a lot more in the future that we honestly didn't expect them to explore. There will be so much time and space for Trent and his backstory. It's amazing. I also think that the way that he was treated after Roy told the team not to talk to him, like that, I'm, it could just be James acting, but the absolute obvious parallel to someone being bullied in high school was rough. I mean, this guy who's very obviously not like an athlete walking into a locker room and everyone goes quiet and stares at him and like explicitly Mm -hmm. says like, fuck off. Yeah, and he He's just like, kind of takes it. Woof. Especially because it comes from Dan. <laughs> it is so funny, but it breaks my heart so much that so he just goes fuck the first, off. The first mean thing this pure sunshine boy has ever said was to Trent. That made me so sad. Uh, and, yeah, but like it's just because Trent just takes like you can tell this is a guy who's spent his whole life in these situations. You know, mm-hmm. completely alienated from you know the athletes, the cool kids. Yeah, and then, like, especially because someone like Roy, who's, again, such a key figure for Trent, um, he's the reason that everybody treats him that way. 
and uh, that that's so tough and James Lance does such amazing acting there because like it, it communicated so easily that yes there's there has been bullying in this backstory he is familiar with this kind of setting like even people um who aren't as deep in the fandom as us and haven't read all of James Lance's <laughs> interviews I've seen people talking about that how that reads like someone who used to be bullied yeah, it it was very well done. I I mean, it gave me flashbacks to high school. That was rough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's hard to watch, but also James Lance does it's an amazing, amazing job with it and makes it funny. Also, yeah, I mean, I'm I was I'm so happy just to see this because I always said that James Lance is such an incredible comedy actor because mm-hmm. as Trent, he plays a character who's supposed mm-hmm. to be like this very serious person, but he's so good at reacting in a way that's just genuinely funny because yeah. you you really feel like you're watching someone who's very serious in a situation that's absolutely ridiculous mm-hmm. it's just I, I'm so happy to see more of this now because it's it just makes me laugh every single time that he reacts mm-hmm. to something yeah I mean just his little like one-liner is like where he goes like cool Cool. Yeah, that was <laughs> what a delivery. So funny. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. that was that was the resignation of a man who spent his whole life like this. Thought he got out, and it, now he's right back in it. <laughs> yeah, and he just takes it, and that is yeah. like that makes me sad because I think in a way he thinks he deserves this for yeah. also treating them kind of. Yeah, like... it's like a weird weird way that he's trying to repent here yeah like he walks he doesn't fight back at all which he would have in season one mm-hmm. he just absolutely takes the abuse and he's like well i deserve this i sucked mm-hmm. i'm just i'm it really feels like he's at richmond to repent for his sins of being an <laughs> asshole in the past and it's an absolutely wild setting right now uh-huh yeah yeah i mean he's really like he's almost timid like the way he talks to Roy in their shared office and everything like I'm sorry it's, I, I'll be quick it's fine <laughs> um it's it's like genuinely he, he he's a completely new person because he I think he doesn't know for sure how to be a nice person yet so he mm-hmm. tries to just be someone you know who doesn't necessarily I guess incite the sort of hateful mm-hmm. behavior from others but it's absolutely wild the way he, he's reacting to everything it's absolutely not necessary mm-hmm. to be a good person to just stand there and you know take this abuse yeah yeah and it's especially interesting because he literally takes Nate's place like in Nate's office and takes his desk and uh <laughs> I I cannot even begin to think about the implications of all of that that is Oh, something that's gonna unravel so beautifully to oh, see God. him in that position um, but also by the end of the episode I hope that most of the like hard times for Trent and Richmond are over because yes, I think I hope so it, look, yeah. it looks like it because he um, you know he, he reconciled with Roy so mm-hmm. I think that's and- supposed to mean it's okay now Mm-hmm. And that's also one of our bingo card points. Um, mm. Ted um, um, defending on. him. Yes, another Ted, character. Ted defending um, Trent against someone else, and stepping in and telling Roy that this doesn't work. He can't treat Trent like that, and whatever is going on, he has to figure it out. Yep. And I do love that we get uh, a glimpse of 
Roy's past once again and him being this this fragile 17-year-old uh, who got like dragged in the press at his like Premier League debut and how he whole, has held that grudge for that whole time or not even held a grudge I mean he he kept the article because I think it's something that both motivated him like Mm. made him spiteful and then you like work harder because of it but it's also something that hurt him enough for him to keep that and especially um looking back then at um season two where he refused to talk about the 70 17 year old at mm -hmm. the pundit uh, job where he refused to make any statements about that boy's um, capabilities or anything because he was once in that position and he didn't want to like continue that cycle that is such a cool detail to bring back in that way yeah we're really watching like both Roy and Trent break the cycle that led to where they are and then Trent not even like taking it personally that Roy is angry at him for that he just immediately apologizes and he immediately explains why he yeah. did it like that and to like makes it obvious that he's not like that anymore or trying to be not like that I also like the, how Roy then immediately goes, all right. Like mm -hmm. he immediately, like the moment Trent apologizes, he's good again because it's not so much that as, you know, 30 plus year old Roy Kent, he still thinks about this article and it hurts him like mm -hmm. specifically, but he's grown as a character and we know this, like he's gone through so many changes in the show already. So this isn't mm -hmm. something that he would still be upset about in the sense that he still takes this as like, a personal insult to his current self. He mm -hmm. just wanted to hear Trent apologize for the pain yeah. he caused him back then. Mm -hmm. And that makes me very hopeful for a lot of interactions like that. There has been like harm done in past seasons where people haven't apologized yet. And that's like harm that Nathan experienced um, or a harm that like Ted took from um, the way Nate, Nate treated him. And that makes me very hopeful that there's no time limit, limit for apologies in that mm, show because mm. even, even uh, Roy gets an apology after all these years and that's how he can move on. And uh, like at the end, he destroys the article and yeah. just, just rips it up. And I think that's so important. Yeah. And I just like that during all this time, Ted is an absolute champion for Trent. Mm -hmm. I just like that this show just establishes that Ted really, really likes Trent, and that's mm -hmm. all you gotta know. Like it's, mm -hmm. he defends him at every turn. He always tries to include him. So I was like, come on, come on in, Trent. It's great to see you. It's such a sweet touch that there's nothing there where Ted like ever stops to think, was this maybe a bad idea? No, he's like, Roy, you got to get it together because Trent is staying. And mm -hmm. I just also love the way Jason plays this. Like just like he, he barely even like notices that no one else wants Trent around. He's just like, hey, my good friend. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just love that. But also I think that a lot of that is like put on in the sense that there's still a lot of unresolved stuff between these two. Mm -hmm. And also additionally with, you know, the questionable 
motive for Trent to be there in the first place. I think there's it's going to be very interesting when they mm-hmm. finally, eventually, maybe talk honestly to each other and not mm-hmm. just, you know, the superficial, I'm glad you're here writing a book. I'm glad I'm here writing a book yeah. thing that yeah. they currently have going on. Mm-hmm. And I think we even, like, see the beginnings of that um, at the end of the episode mm. where Trent lingers and kind of doesn't want to leave and, like, waits until everybody else is gone like this man has a lot on his chest and he Mm -hmm. just um he's trying to communicate it but i think he's just not ready yeah but like he says too um they're only just beginning so um that's kind of i mean that is wild they're only just starting we already have so much stuff happening and they only just started this could have just been the end of the season (laughs) Uh, yeah it's and that last scene is who I mean, people who have never even considered Ted and Trent to be a ship are now kind of starting to see it because it was so wild. I mean, not only did Trent insist on being the last person with Ted there for uh-huh. no reason, like he had nothing to say to Ted that he couldn't have said earlier before he left. Yeah, uh, like he he could have left with Roy he could have left just before Roy there were many moments for him to leave and it wouldn't have changed the conversations that they had but he chose to stay just to exchange a few more final words with Ted Mm -hmm. and it was oh my and set to that song it oh my god oh yes like the song that I was absolutely convinced was gonna be for um either Jamie or Roy or Keely or somehow all three of them and it ended up being for a Ted and Trent scene. I mean, it's still like the lyrics and everything. It's still connected back to Roy and mm-hmm. um, and how Roy felt in that moment. But still, the vibes it gave to that Ted and Trent scene absolutely immaculate, <laughs> like nuts, but great. <laughs> and like it kind of establishes that these two are going to be, in a sense, a sort of unit in this greater context of the group that they're part of Mm -hmm. because of this like completely irrelevant conversation basically that they Mm -hmm. had like it's kind of establishes them as people who will observe together in a Mm -hmm. way it's going to be a very different dynamic than we've seen so far and also people pointed out that it's very interesting like we know that friend picks up everything um, around him and like connects the dots immediately and uh, he is present when uh, Beard goes, oh, uh, Jane, my girlfriend, still feels intimidated by our relationship. Yeah. Um, so that's also something that people uh, pointed out as maybe being interesting in the whole uh, in the whole Ted and Trent uh, relationship. Oh, yeah. I don't I think it's just and I also think that him insisting on staying behind is indicative of why he's even here writing this book because he Mm -hmm. says he wants to write about this season at AFC Richmond because Mm -hmm. he thinks there's a story there but the story is Ted he's here because of Ted and James Lanson said this in interviews and Mm -hmm. it's very obvious with him lingering that he's not here for the club He's, not, mm-hmm. he's here because he he wants to stick around Ted. Mm-hmm. And there's um, also this scene where he talks to his publisher on the phone, where people have wondered if that's actually his publisher. Like, is is and... he actually like 
being paid to yeah. write this book. I mean, <laughs> that what was the thing James said in an interview that there's a secret that he's still he keeping in this um, context of him writing the book? Yeah, I think I think the question, it was in the interview that he gave to Vulture. Um, he said he was asked, um, should people doubt uh, Trent Crim's intentions? Yeah. And he said, yes, absolutely. He's Trent Crim. So um, I yes. think that could be something about that. I um, mean, there's a lot of theories there what that could be referring to. And one is, yeah, that he might not actually have a book deal. He's just absolutely winging it right now. He's pretending <laughs> because he like fully believes in whatever he's trying to do. But he can't get anyone else convinced. And then mm -hmm. even if it was his publisher on the phone, let's say he didn't lie about that and it was his publisher, he lied to him or had the her mm -hmm. or them. He, he didn't say what's going on. He was like, yeah, it's great. Everyone's super welcoming. I'm having a good time. He wasn't mm -hmm. at this point. Like actively Roy was sending him out of the room by like bothering yeah. him and he <laughs> still pretended like oh there's I don't know where the sound is coming from like it's even if this is his publisher and he does have a book deal it's not whatever he told his publisher it is because he, he, otherwise he wouldn't lie he wouldn't have had mm -hmm. to lie he lied to someone already yeah um so I think there's maybe more going on about that book deal than he lets on mm -hmm. or maybe more about what he actually wants to write about because it it is absolutely clear to me that he is there to write about Ted and to yeah. be around Ted and figure out what Ted's deal is um and he's he's just obsessed and we respect him for that because I am too understandable <laughs> But it's really, I like that this show is seemingly pointing in that direction because that was just us so far. Like, oh, you know, Trent is super obsessed with Ted and he would, you know, want to follow him around and, you know, he he's in love with Ted or whatever. But right now, everything is like actually pointing to that being where this is going, that, you mm -hmm. know, he's lying to his publisher. He's lying about what he's writing about. He He's insisting on hanging around Ted. It's It paints a picture that seems very clear right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, on the bingo, you, you crossed out uh, Ted compliments Trent's hair. What was that again? I I, it was, I, I said compliment... I included because Ted commented on his hair by saying um, they have a bag of his hair ties oh, yeah. uh, down at the lost and found. And I'm counting that as like a comment on how beautiful and long his hair is. It's mm -hmm. not necessarily a compliment yet, but it was still like mm -hmm. he, he acknowledged his hair, which he hasn't so far. And I think that that was very sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I thought the hair tie uh, comment was interesting because uh, we see Trent wearing a hair tie only once, once. but and he wears them on his wrist all the time he wears them on his wrist but he doesn't have them on his head so I, the picture that paints to me is just like every time he walks into that press room every time he knows he's gonna see ted he's just opening up his <laughs> hair and letting it flow to look love, more impressive <laughs> i love that this was like a crack theory you had in the beginning but now i'm actually a full believer that Trent normally wears his hair up a lot more, but just when he's around Ted, he takes his beautiful hair down. Yeah, because the only scene we see him yeah. wearing hair tie is when he's not around I'm Ted. Not around. So <laughs> what else am I supposed to think? I love that idea. That is so funny. I don't know. I love the hair tie comment. It was such a... I mean, the 
the implication here is that Ted and Trent haven't seen each other in also like about two months mm-hmm. um, because, you know, they shake hands so they didn't hang out yet. Yeah. Um, and like the first thing that Ted says to him is like, oh, they've got a bag of your hair ties that were lost and found. That's like such mm-hmm. a, I mean, I, would, I know that's just how Ted is. Yeah. But, you know, that he immediately goes out to be like, oh, your hair is so beautiful and long. That's mm-hmm. wild. That's I love and them. I've been thinking about this and all I'm, the time yeah. <laughs> and I love how Trent doesn't even react to it normally mm-hmm. James Lance is like very re- reactive in all of the <laughs> other scenes but there he just blankly kind of stares at him because I think he forgot what Ted is like <laughs> yeah right this dude is fucking insane <laughs> yep yeah that is it okay what else about this episode the car and the shoes the car and the shoes are back because i keep i know we keep saying the same thing but there was this huge fear that you know trent wasn't that they didn't care about trent that the writers and makers and everyone don't care about trent the way we do and for them Mm -hmm. it's just like half-assing everything but you know there's this one shot with trent and his car and it's this beautiful vintage Mercedes. It's uh, inc- it's an incredible little detail to give to this character that he he mm-hmm. wears he, that he drives this convertible sports car, and they brought the car back. You can see it yeah. in the parking lot again uh, during the scene where he talks tries to talk to Roy in the parking lot. So mm-hmm. like and the shoes, the leopard print shoes from uh, that same scene are also back. Like they care yeah. enough about the character to bring all of these details back. Hell yeah. And let's talk, like, like let's take another moment to talk about the leopard print shoes because last time we said we were going to watch the birdcage. And, and we did. We were going to report back. We and did. We did. And Woo! Woo-hoo! what really immediately stuck out to me was uh, that uh, Starina, um, who's uh, the drag persona of Albert, one of the two main characters uh, played by Nathan Lane, beautifully amazingly like his first appearance on stage is in leopard print clothes and we know that the birdcage is on the soundtrack and that somehow immediately connected to me um with Trent's shoes and Colin's leopard print shirt so people have pointed that out before that that's pretty gay coded and now it's to me like immediately connected to the birdcage and to that outfit or that costume that's amazing i mean we could talk about the birdcage not about the movie but about (laughs) the way it connects to that so possibly Uh i mean it's very early to make guesses as to how exactly it will feature the season finale but there's two songs from this musical in Mm -hmm. um on the soundtrack for the finale episode most likely both of them and like this is a very 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 iconic queer story and it's very queer in general and it's about acceptance and learning to accept each other and yourself it's a very you know it's exactly the kind of story I would expect from Ted Lasso if it was already like a queer show to begin Mm -hmm. with and them featuring all of these songs points very heavily towards that actually being true like this is going to be a very similar story in Mm -hmm. Ted Lasso yeah yes and especially because it ends with that that feels so meaningful I I said that the last time but um the whole I am what I am like being true to yourself and uh, not hiding any parts of you especially because it's like immediately connected to being queer that feels so important and I have never felt more 
sane about shipping <laughs> Trent and Ted. I don't know. It, it feels so possible to me right yeah. now. And I hope I'm not uh, going to eat my words, but why not? Why yeah. shouldn't we believe? That's the whole point, That's of, the whole point of the show. <laughs> but yeah, just in general, like it points to a very queer season because if you end your season on iconic on this iconic queer song and on what is obviously going to be an extended reference to this iconic queer musical and movie you this is this has to be a very loud and very queer statement that we're we haven't seen from the show so far uh, we might we might have been this show might have seriously been straight baiting for two seasons and is now planning on throwing the queerest shit at us that not not even we expected ah uh, that would be absolutely incredible that would change tv history forever i think because they have to end on a queer note it i mean it's one thing that we know oh there's going to be a storyline about colin coming out that's mm-hmm. like okay you expect that kind of level of inclusion from a show mm-hmm. these days but ending on that ending on a queer note ending with birdcage references that means you know that is the thought they want you to go out of the mm-hmm. show with yeah okay is there more to say about the episode i mean i wrote down the wonderful note um awkward mess trend because so far it's only been heavily implied that trend is secretly not suave not cool not serious mm-hmm. but actually a kind of a little bit of a mess like total like awkward mess but he was mm-hmm. very good at pretending not to be so far this episode is absolutely the biggest awkward mess i've ever seen in the show mm-hmm. he just doesn't know how to act around anyone he because he doesn't know what he wants from this situation yet, because he doesn't know yeah. how he wants to interact with these people yet. But it is so beautiful. The, the way he just stares at Ted in the office and everything. He's just uh-huh. an awkward, sappy mess of a man. And it's beautiful. Yeah. And that reads also so uh, neurodivergent to me. Like mm-hmm. before, like so far, he had a script and he knew what his role was. And now he has left that script behind and he just has to wing it and he's absolutely <laughs> struggling. He chose beautiful. being non-verbal. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, absolutely yeah. respect that choice. I would have done the same probably. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, it makes sense. He's afraid at every turn um, before, you know, um, apologizing to Roy that he's going to say something wrong and, you know, end whatever his plan was for you know being at the club so mm-hmm. he's just like i'm just not gonna say anything <laughs> this is a good choice mm-hmm. i guess and yeah. i just love that ted just encourages him still anyway what, mm-hmm. a, what a lovely relationship and it's especially interesting because at this point it feels like ted has kind of given up most like of his other I, I would say projects um <laughs> I don't know oh. it feels like uh, you know with with yeah. with Zava coming in uh you would expect some sort of reaction from Ted or like he said in the first episode that um he doesn't want to bring imbalance uh, to the team but then Rebecca yelled at him and now he's just like okay this this huge diva that we know is like wrecking every club he leaves yeah i'm just gonna ask other people for their opinion and then we're gonna bring it bring him in and i'm not gonna say anything about that so it feels like kind of he's taking himself back more and more and just trying not to um do 
as much with other people. Yeah. But for Trent and for that whole situation with Roy, he still steps in and still decides this is yeah. too far. He has to do something. Yeah, Ted's vibes in this season are very obviously pointing towards he thinks he should leave. I mean, he says yeah. that very explicitly. He doesn't yeah. know why he's still here. And it's it's going to be very interesting considering that, yeah, Trent is sort of the only thing that he seems excited to work mm-hmm. on. Uh, <laughs> because, um, you know, the, we have this huge theory that whatever Trent is writing in his little notebook is what will make Ted realize in the end why he's here. Mm-hmm. Because right now he doesn't... I mean, Rebecca says the reason you're here is because you said you will win the whole fucking thing. But mm-hmm. that's not like the reason he he's here the, yes. the reason is a very different emotional reason and i think Te- trent is going to find that reason and he's going to show that reason to ted and that's what makes ted realize why he he's still here and why he maybe should stay here i can't wait for a super cheesy scene where ted reads whatever trent has written and mm-hmm. is like oh that's why i'm here because they already established T- trent as seeing everything they yeah. have from the beginning and they did it again with how he immediately knew Rebecca's motivation. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what else is this building up to if not him seeing through everything that mm-hmm. when it comes to Ted and knowing exactly what Ted needs to hear? Yeah, yeah. Also, one other moment uh, where where Trent um, is a very good like observer is when Roy uh, talks about how he maybe should have stayed um, with Chelsea and just enjoyed himself. And then he like Roy leaves and Trent immediately goes, oh, sport. Um, what a wonderful metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> so Yeah, he immediately um, sees through everyone in the same yeah. way that Ted does. Exactly. But, I mean, not the same way, but like the way that Ted also sees through people, but he uses it very differently than Ted mm-hmm. does, obviously. Ted uses it to, yeah. you know, get people on the path they should be on where Trent is just observing them and noting mm-hmm. them. Yes. And um, I just, we need sport. Sport. <laughs> sport. Okay. And not just a powerful metaphor, but also such a good nickname that uh, apparently uh, Trent Krim will now carry. Uh-huh. It, 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 I don't know how common that nickname is, but the thing I connected it to first, of course, was um, The Great Gatsby. Old sport. Yeah, where where uh, Gatsby uh, calls Nick old sport, and um, that is of course a very like queer coded relationship. But so I, I mean, just in general, the co- I mean, sport is also aside from the great Gatsby, just this nickname you usually give to younger people, I guess, like you know, kids, teenagers. You say like, oh, mm-hmm. how, how's it going, sport? It's just a very casual nickname, usually mm-hmm. usually reserved for younger people. Especially like if you consider where, where Ted comes from, he would have called, you know, his players sport probably. Mm-hmm. And he chose to call Trent sport. And I don't know if he's going to continue it because if I'm currently like this was just in this moment, like a cute thing he did, like, oh, it's a powerful metaphor. Oh, and a good nickname. Haha, <laughs> good night sport. Mm-hmm. They could end here. That would have been, you know, a little back and forth. But if he keeps calling him that, that's going to be a wild vibe for them. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm ready for that. That's wild. Because it's also not a nickname you give, you know, the kind of person that Trent is. It's no. a nickname you give the kind of person that Roy used to be. <laughs> uh-huh. So, but uh, then again, 
Ted, with like the way he uses nicknames, has never really cared much. Like him no, calling true. Beard sweetheart, that's that's so indicative of that. Like he just chooses whatever feels right to him I in the moment, the, and he the, just rolls with it. The fact that he did it again this episode makes me think that Ted calling Trent by some you know um, term of endearment is absolutely going to happen. <laughs> like uh-huh. uh, the light, it's likelihood is up because he hasn't done it in so long but he did it again in this episode and you yeah. know now now Trent is always around so it's entirely possible he's gonna throw that at Trent too I think what this also leads like um leads to this last scene is uh Trent joining the diamond dogs like it feels oh, yeah. inevitable now it is going to happen definitely that feels like um it was an audition like yeah. <laughs> and Roy and Ted that was the first like trial and he has uh, proven himself and now he can be part of the diamond dogs yeah. also because he's gonna be there around like if they call the diamond dogs meeting Trent is going to be sitting there at his desk mm-hmm. so He's 100% going to be involved. And this is going to be like just one of many steps towards including Trent in this family and Mm -hmm. removing his lanyard, both metaphorical and physical. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's many um, interactions that I'm very excited about. Like uh, we already see how interesting the Roy and Trent uh, relationship could be. I'm very excited to see um, Trent and Beard interact more. Mm. Because this is also something that I think um, could be a like a relevant thing in the season that we finally address the very toxic relationship Beard has with Jane, mm-hmm. and I feel like uh, Trent could be the one to to bring that back because he's like a new set of eyes looking on that relationship, and we already know that. Uh, Ted and Roy refused to get involved and we know that Higgins tried and didn't get very far like he he got a hug for it but they never brought it up again so Trent coming in as a new person and seeing these patterns and um, some like some people in the fandom have theorized that maybe Trent um, also had um like a toxic relationship in his past because of the way he reacts to Rebecca and like the way she talks about Rupert I think maybe Trent could be the right person to bring that up again and maybe um confront uh, Beard about that yeah yeah I really hope um that's the way it gets reintroduced because oh Jesus I do Beard uh, do need Beard to get away from Jane and he will I mean they were very heavy on on it again this is gonna Mm be Beard's like big Mm storyline this season I'm so worried about him he is gonna crash so hard yeah 100% there are I'm just it's gonna happen it's gonna go right back right back at it again yeah Trent has a new coat and we see it um, at the match against Chelsea um, and it's beautiful and it's like this Columbo style <laughs> tan jacket. It's a fucking Burberry coat too. I don't think he bought that. This is one of, this is, I think they're going to introduce the concept of Trent stealing his father's clothes with this coat because there's no way the man who dresses like this bought himself a Burberry coat. Come on. I don't know. Maybe he did it to impress someone. <laughs> <laughs> that would also be a good option. Like, People who are smart and sophisticated wear Burberry coats, right? Uh-huh. I should get one of my own. <laughs> yeah, I just think like he, that's what I uh, said before that he is now um, experimenting with who he is 
and like trying to figure out who he is also through his clothes. And so far, he hasn't changed much. And I hope there's going to be more changes introduced because I, in this one episode, I think he wore three, four different outfits and they're more or less along the lines of what he wore before, but he's still like, he's uh, expanding his repertoire and I'm oh, very yeah. excited for that. <laughs> if there's not more about the episode, maybe we should talk about what uh, else happened this week and what James Lance got up to because the White Man, House this thing, is the whoa. <laughs> there's a lot to talk about. I mean, we talk about the narrative escape of Trent Crim so much because they keep insisting on bringing this man into real life for some fucking reason. <laughs> and they just, they, they took this joke to mm -hmm. the White House. Yeah. The um, actual real White House. So for those of you who missed it, um, the Ted Lasso cast was invited to the White House to talk about um, mental health and the importance of mental health. And they got to meet Joe Biden and um, got to hold a press conference at the White House press room. And they got James Lance there to ask a question to Jason Sudeikis in character as Trent Crim. And he introduced himself as Trent Crim, a fake journalist. <laughs> oh, God. This is so surreal. I'm sorry. It makes no... They did that in public <laughs> in the White House. Yeah, these people... Like, oh, we're invited to talk about mental health. What an important thing. And also, what if you <laughs> pretend to be your character for a bit? <laughs> Yeah, and it was not even a question about mental health. He was just asking about Kansas City being uh, one of the um, selected cities uh, to hold the uh, world, cha world championship. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot think anymore. It's just Trent Crim narrative escaper is real. Um, I keep letting him out. Put him back. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want them to put him back. I want him to be free. He deserves it. <laughs> it's like James Lance is just a vessel <laughs> for Trent <laughs> Oh God, here he is. It's so uh... surreal. It's so because also like this is the White House and there are a lot of journalists there. And I would wager that not everyone in this room and not everyone watching this um event knows what the fuck Ted Lasso is and least of all knows who the fuck Trent Krim would be like to mm -hmm. them this is the absurdest thing they've ever seen because they just had a guy stand there pretending to be a journalist to ask a question even though they don't take journalist questions like this is <laughs> imagine you don't know who Trent Krim is that makes yeah. no fucking sense what just happened there and they were like yeah, they'll figure it out <laughs> uh-huh but also from every single journalist who was there and their reactions that I've seen online People were obsessed with it. They love that. No journalist has ever been normal about Trent Krim. And no. it's amazing. <laughs> it's true. But I mean, really, who this was like this is like they have this inside joke. And mm -hmm. it was wonderful at the um Emmy for your consideration event to have this inside joke of him being in character. This is not the platform for this <laughs> joke. That's for you honest. <laughs> <laughs> this is something entirely else. I mean, the whole thing was absolutely and, 
I mean, it really just speaks to how important Trent is really becoming as a character in this show because they wouldn't be this obsessed with him if, you know, he wasn't relevant. I mean, we know, we've now seen it, but um, even before the episode, it was always like, Ooh, how important does Trent Krim to, mm. you know, the whole crew? Very important, apparently. Yeah. Very, very important. Okay, how about we talk about these two um, interviews that dropped uh very quickly because James Lance once again said some really incredible things that I cannot deal with in any normal way um so like I said there was this interview with Vulture uh, that came out a couple of days ago and it absolutely blew my mind because once again James Lance has proven himself to be the biggest Trent Crim fan in the universe like he beats us with the levels of intensity he stands Trent Crim. Oh, yeah. That's also where the um, bit about doubting Trent's intentions comes from. Uh, but he has also once again talked about um, how he was uh, the first person to know about Ted's father and um, how Ted's father committed suicide and how this whole show is about bad dads. And he has mentioned that in interviews before, but he has never told the story. And now in this interview, he told um, Vulture how it went down. And that is the way he describes it is absolutely nuts to me that he apparently like after filming the pilot episode, after knowing Jason Sudeikis for like a couple of hours, most, they ran into each other in the parking lot um, at the set. And um, Jason was just like, oh, it's wonderful to have you on the team. Um, you're doing so, such interesting things with Trent. And Basically unprompted, apparently, James Lance told Jason Sudeikis his whole backstory that he came <laughs> up for um, for Trent. And Jason was immediately completely into it, told him Ted's whole backstory. So they're, they're just two grown men standing in a parking lot, <laughs> exchanging their little headcanons about their fictional guys. <laughs> and that's why we have Trent in the way we have him now, because they got so into it. And because Jason saw apparently something in that backstory that he decided this guy needs a much bigger role. And that is absolutely wild to me. <laughs> we really have. I mean, we didn't know until now about any of this. To us, it was always like, oh, they probably had Trent's arc laid out, like what mm -hmm. he's going to do in which season. But apparently, whatever they had, if they had anything wasn't what we're seeing right now that is mm -hmm. all because james lance stood there and was like well i will info dump my entire backstory for this character on you not right now and mm -hmm. jason sudeikis was like yeah fuck yeah we're using all of that mm -hmm. so like there is a reality out there where trent is maybe as important as lloyd in terms of yeah <laughs> like i think that was uh... maybe the original idea like he's just supposed to be in this like episode three like that was probably already very set that you know mm -hmm. he's the stand-in for the other characters that you know he's being convinced of the Ted Lasso way and it's just that I think it was his original only purpose to be like ah okay so the cynical man has just been turned um, and is now um, now understands Ted Lasso and supports him and mm -hmm. I think that was it that was the story mm -hmm. it was just probably just supposed to pop up in um press conferences all the time being yeah. you know, this recurring wonderful beloved character 
Um, so that maybe already brings us to the other interview that dropped, and it was in GQ, I think, which James Lance in GQ. That is wild. Absolutely wild. Um, also beautiful photo that they put mm. with the article. Um, absolutely recommend looking at it for <laughs> at least several minutes. <laughs> um and there's not much new information in there but um what really then once again stood out to me was how much James Lance loves this character um and how he like how he's so excited for season three because he describes um finding out about uh the bigger role that Trent plays in season three and um he tells the story of um him like being in his car his uh, child sleeping in the back um and jason calling him and telling him like oh we have big plans um for trend for season three i'm so excited for you and james lance literally like literally started crying um, because he was so excited and that makes me very very hopeful for this whole season yeah and that's, I think that's the extent of what I can say about that interview, except that we now know that Joe Biden has complimented James Lance's hair. <laughs> that's apparently something that has happened. Um, so the president of the United States is um, of the opinion that if he had James Lance's hair, he would have been voted 20 years ago. Absolutely nuts that that's something that happened. <laughs> it's like, it feels like a joke they would write in Ted Lasso, like the gang meets the president of the United States who <laughs> says that, but it's not. That's a real no, life thing that happened. That's real life. And Joe Biden is apparently um, a huge fan of the show and is also a trend girly. <laughs> Unfucking believable. So that's uh that's a whole week it feels like so so many things have happened it also feels like it has been three weeks since like that episode dropped because mm -hmm. oh i have watched it a bunch of times <laughs> yeah. since then and i uh i just want more now and it feels so long this is this has been the week <laughs> I think that for now that is, I, I think we've reached the end for now because we have to eventually, this is a good <laughs> point I think to stop. So um, yeah, that's it for today. Uh, we want to thank David Hyde for the music and Mykonos Salome on Tumblr for our beautiful cover art. And also thanks to everyone for listening and hanging out with us. We really genuinely appreciate all the feedback you give us. It's uh, just wonderful. Thank you for hanging out with us. And if you want to talk to us, if you want to give us feedback, you can reach us on Tumblr at crimcast.tumblr.com or send us an email at crimcast at gmail.com. Because as always, we love, love our, our chats. chats. <laughs>